All right, and we're back. Listen, I've been out here in these Vigo streets knocking them down, literally. Uh, I'm in in a scandal, Damaged Blue, where I've talked about it recently on Gagging, where I I got drunk on Vigo and actually flew somebody, unbeknownst to me, into Atlanta and had sex with them, and now it's everywhere online. Wait, what? what? (laughs) Wait, wait, you you got drunk on Vigo and then had a booty call? Was that on Vigo too? I got drunk at a party and then got on Bigo and I guess I met somebody and flew them in and then had sex with them. I knew I had sex with them. I just didn't know that they were going to try to extort me by saying they were going to tell everybody. So I went and I told everybody wow. on Bigo and I told the whole descriptive story. So now I am lit in these Bigo streets and um, I'm actually getting addicted to all the attention. So I'm out here. If you're <laughs> out here watching and you want to find me and potentially get a flight, come on over to Bigo. Bigo needs like, to cut you a bigger check because you are the best sponsor that Bigo has ever had. I swear to God. That part. Yeah, I feel like Jason's living my college life like all over again. Jason, did you turn up like this in college or around that time? Right. Yeah, I, I dropped out of high school, took my GED, and I didn't finish college. If I would have went to college, my whole spirit and immune system would have not been the, what it is today. <laughs> no, I didn't go to college. But now I kind of regret not going to college. I'm not that I regret it because I don't live with regrets. But sometimes when I think about like ho is life and, you know, I could have been like a water boy <laughs> on the basketball team, maybe suck somebody off or something and had a Wait, that, wait. A water what? boy at the basketball team and suck somebody off? That's not what college is about, Jason. Yeah. That is Wait, not how college the, works. You missed the oh, whole you point. Think, oh, you think you watch the NBA and know a double dribble, bitch? I just showed you double dribble. <laughs> okay, this is going to be a very special show. Oh. I can already tell. Yes, yes. No, you feel the energy? <laughs> I feel the energy, yeah. It's, it's the red for me. No, but I'm on Bigo. Blue is on Bigo. Uh, Damage is now on Bigo. So I'm thinking we're going to create some stuff over there. So if you watch us on the show, please come find us on Bigo. We accept all tips, not the dick tips, but you know, tips that we can cash. Today, I had Amber Rose come over to the house, and I've been setting her up and getting her Bigo going. And then I also had Jeremy Meeks here, Prison Bay, who you know, he was over at the house. So while Amber was live doing her thing, talking to the fans, mm-hmm. They didn't know Prison Bay was sitting a couple seats over. And I was like, yo, y'all know who else I'm bringing to Beagle? And then he got on the screen. And baby, when I tell you, they 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 lost their mind. So he's joining this Friday. So he'll be on Beagle uh, at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you're watching the show Thursday, tomorrow, go and find Jeremy Meeks on Beagle. Yes, he's in my agency. And yes, he's in the Gag Nation family. Wait, you said Friday at 11. So you, Jeremy Meeks is going to be on Bigo at the exact same time I'm getting my second COVID test. Of all the times for you to pick, Jason, of all the times <laughs> for you to pick. If you're going to catch something, don't catch COVID. Catch Jeremy Meeks on Bigo, 11 a.m. Friday, Pacific Standard Time. But yeah, I think we should do some type of, we should do some type of show on Bigo, like an after show or something yeah, like absolutely. that. Absolutely. You know? Mm-hmm. It could be amazing. You could be you could be fun and kiki. Damage could play music. I could pull out tarot cards. It'd be a great little trifecta, like a vibe. First, that is the most <laughs> that embodies everything. <laughs> it really does. Everybody could get in. Spiritual, ratchet, music. Who wouldn't love that? Come on. And listen, the thing I do love about Bigo, because I, I'll tell you, there is a beauty to being less available or like you know like mysterious you can't really like see me or get to me unless you see me on a show or you see me on social media like i kind of like that mystique but then when you get on beagle you start to be able to like touch touch your fans and like not not touches and fucking the one i did from saying from mm-hmm. touch I'm, your fans jason I'm, you've been touching your fans 
I don't even know where he came from. But no, uh, I, I didn't do the return flight. Rob did. But I, I'll say like now that you're able to like interact with the people who support you, it's just a dope thing. And But I'll tell you, what I love about it is you're able to create content as a streamer. You know, we have this show. I have Gagging. We have the national show. We have all this. But now I have the daily read. And I was going to do it at a certain time, but I just feel like I want to wake up and read whenever I want. A bitch might need to be read at 2 o'clock. bitch might need to be read at 8 a.m. So the daily read, every day I go on there and I read somebody for Phil so you can catch that. And also I'm doing Beagle Unlocked with Tamar Braxton and um, Supa, the real Supa, who's big on the app. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, wow. shout out to Bigo. You're a whole mogul, Jason. You are a, an app mogul. I love it. I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm a squirrel trying to find a nut. Uh oh, you know what? Oh, you know what? This red. I don't know when I when I see Jason in red now. I know it's a warning sign. Like, it, watch out. It's either red or animal print. Remember when he wore that animal print oh, yeah. jacket and we couldn't control him for the whole show? Jason can't do colors or prints anymore on this show. Okay, we're gonna have a new mandate. That's so true. <laughs> And let me send another message to everybody out there. Make sure you are living in your truth. Because when you live in your truth, you take the power away from a motherfucker. I dick somebody down and they was going to tell the world that they got some dick. Who's out here saying that they got some dick? You got some dick. And I think the bigger issue that everybody is having is that he's 24 and I'm 43. Let's be clear. If you're 23, 24, 45, 42, 43, 36, if you're somewhere in between that age and you want to get fucked and I'm feeling some type of way, pull up. It's nothing. But I also feel like what is why are people, why are people tripping? I am a single man. Am I not able to do what I want to do? Jason, yeah. you're becoming one of the city girls. Like, I, I don't even know what to say right now. You, <laughs> <laughs> young Miami, Carisha ain't got nothing on Jason Lee. <laughs> Period. Period. Okay. But I'm having a good time. Now, question. This isn't something we were going to talk about. Are you hearing about the drama between Joe Budden and his co-host over at the um, Joe Budden show? Yes. Yes, I've heard some some murmurings, some loud what murmurings. Is yeah, what is happening? Because I haven't been paying attention, but they said Rory and Mal left. Joe brought some new people in the show. Damage. You watch the show. What do you think? Uh, you know, it, it happens. Maul and uh, Rory, they're no longer on the Joe Budden podcast for the time being. I think they got to a point where they got to a certain stature, and they need to figure out hard iron the business out. I don't know how their relationship started. I don't know what the paperwork looks like, but it seems like from listening to the show, they're figuring out the business and Maul and Rory is supposed to return. That's what it seems like to me. I don't watch the show, are but the, the little bit they, I heard. Are, well, are they saying sorry. that they're going to return? Because I know that there was a big announcement that came out that Joe did that partnership with Patreon. Patreon being in that where fans can subscribe. And, you know, there was that, that sounded like a huge announcement. And then this fallout mm -hmm. happened kind of right after that. Do you, is it, is it, is the way that it's being communicated that maybe there was like a, a lack of distributing money or what, what was it? Cause I, I know we're the Destiny Child of podcast. So Joe, this is no shame to you. We've had, we've had so many motherfuckers in these boxes at this point, you just blink your eyes and hope when you wake up, we all still here. Okay. So right. the right shape, but did, are they saying that it was a money thing or maybe like an ownership thing? What I heard, cause I actually heard Joe Budden talking about it himself. I don't watch the show, but I heard a clip of him talking about the relationship and he said it deteriorated because he wanted the personal relationship to still flourish while while they were protecting their professional selves in a very objective kind of way. And so Joe wanted to be more of like a family thing. And they were like, no, let's get our money right first before we talk about family. So it feels like the lines between personal and professional got blurred and they had different priorities from what I heard Joe say out of his own mouth. Yeah. And I, 
I listen to the show a lot, Jason, and I think um, working with you, and I can't speak on the actual situation. No one knows, but from speculation and listening every week, there's a, a part of this game, Jason, you know, where you handle a lot of the business, right? You handle the moves and everything. And I'm not saying those people weren't involved, but maybe they weren't involved. And when things got to a certain point, now it's like, hey, it's time to figure this all out. While Joe has always been focused on the business, always figuring out how the brand is going to grow. So I think it's just at that point where these guys have been together for years, where they have to just figure out, iron out, okay, who's getting paid? Why? What's the what's the routine? And I think you could probably understand that, Jason, because I think we've been there at one point. Yeah. No. Do you think there's entitlement, though? Do you guys think there's any entitlement when your friends come up with you and you're really successful? Like, Jason, if you had done this show with two best friends from when you were younger, I can see how they might, unlike me and Damage, who respect the boundaries, they might feel more entitled to things just because they're friends with you. And I'm wondering if that played a well, part but too. There, but there's a other there's another side of that coin. Like I like for damage to come in at the time he did when I didn't know where the show was gonna go, for you to step up when we needed somebody to, you know, be a third anchor on the show, you know, um damage didn't have to do that. So on the other side of that, you didn't have to do this so on the other side of that coin, even though it's Hollywood Unlock with Jason Lee and I'm navigating the business and trying to figure it all out, we're all figuring it out together. So I'm also obligated to be fully transparent with you, make sure that you're part of the process. If there's not enough transparency, make sure that you feel comfortable with it because ultimately we all want to feel valued. I don't know their relationship. Right. I know it appeared that he valued them and I know that they found their own footing in the show. It is the Joe Budden podcast and so it is his show. But when when you have people like, you know, a damage who can lay me up and set up uh, uh, something on the national show or you to be able to come in and be very passionate about topics that are important to our our audience, it's my responsibility as the leader of the show to not just focus on the external business of it, but focus on like all the moving parts. So I don't know what's mm -hmm. happening. I know fans have been trying yeah. to get me to be messy about it. Let me just say this to you and to Joe. Joe, I respect how you built your business. I respect how you built your foot in the culture. I respect that you are on their necks to making sure that the people that you work for that don't happen to look like us are paying you what you do. And I like the fact that you haven't thrown your co-host completely under the bus. I know you said that Rory tried to fight you. That was some messy shit. But either way, oh. I'm not going to throw shade at Joe because even though he's mad at me because of the Tierheri interview and we had our little moments, whatever, Joe Budden is still an important force in the culture and an important voice. And the fact that he started out as a rapper and found his way here and, and isn't just a celebrity with a podcast, but actual voice that matters. I hope they work it out. I hope the show gets back what it was but i could tell you Absolutely. as somebody who's, i could tell you as somebody who started out with other people and ended up with a team that has my back uh and that's in it now change is inevitable sometimes and and joe is gonna be okay because joe ultimately is still joe buddy now i'm just saying we really don't know what's really happening between them uh every time i listen to the show joe is bigging them up it sounds like they may be making a comeback and i know that's what the fans want so salute to all of them because some people, they go through these hardships and it's just over. So for the fact that they're trying to work it out, this shows that there's still like a core friendship there. He still loves them. But in the words of Steve Harvey, and I do not quote Steve Harvey very often, <laughs> you can't take everybody with you. You just can't take everybody with you. Oh, well. And and you, we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. We don't know what's driving the division. You know what I mean? Some people, some people change internally and become other people and their priorities shift and you're no longer the priority that you are the show or the audience and look you, you the fans you guys have to understand that people go through change whether it's joe making the change or them making the change 
you have to learn how to embrace the change because I think although this show now is a different version of many different versions of the show, because we went from Hollywood Unlocked <laughs> Uncensored to Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored to, to Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored 3 to Hollywood Unlocked with Jason Lee Uncensored. <laughs> At this point, people just log in to see what the fuck we're talking about. But you know, I thought about the audience the whole way we were making our changes, but I also understood that like, sometimes things just change and that's okay. That is Amen. true. Amen. And one and one thing that needs to change that I felt very passionate about last night on my other show is what's happening in America again still today. You know, we've been talking about Black Lives Matter for a long time and we've all been out here in the streets marching and protesting and putting online what we feel about it. But this young boy who again looks like me, 20 years old, father of a kid, his name is Dante Wright. He was shot and killed by a police officer in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. That's about 10 miles away from the Derek Show, where Derek Chauvin is on trial for killing George Floyd. And we've all been following that. We see the Derek Chauvin uh, case. They're actually lying and coming up with all types of shit and demi- trying to diminish the character of George Floyd to try to get that cop off and just highlighting what white privilege looks like. We've been talking mm-hmm. about it a lot on this show and all our other shows. But last night I got emotional because I just, you know, I was talking about that lieutenant who was pepper sprayed while wearing a uniform. And then now this 20-year-old kid. And you can't even keep up with the amount of disrespect towards people of color today we posted a white man in the neighborhood uh attacking a young black man walking to walking around um what i do love is in that situation the community came to support that black man uh and then in this case with uh dante the police officer was just recently arrested for second degree murder second degree manslaughter and so i guess i don't know i'm sure you guys have heard this case but this is when he was driving in the car with his girlfriend he was pulled over because he had air fresheners hanging in the window uh, he was on the phone with his mother, and then the the boy was uh, shot later. I guess drove off, crashed, and and later died. Uh, mm-hmm. I I just I don't really know what to say that has not yet been said. I'm more angry. I'm more angry at us in this situation than I am at the white folks. And the reason why is because I feel like we keep taking our foot off their necks until another situation happens. And we, we, we never know when it's going to be somebody else. And so I'm going to go out and say that I, while I can't say I blame black people for the actual death of this boy because black, a black person didn't kill him. Mm-hmm. We are the stewards of this movement. It should not be when white people are doing great that we're out, like we're responsible for staying on their necks and holding them accountable and keeping these conversations going and changing laws and making sure police officers are locked up and electing people into office who can make change. But I, I'm, I'm just emotionally and spiritually exhausted at this point of having to come here and tell these stories and almost hopeless and helpless because I'm talking to an audience who, although I'm telling you what you should do, you're also sitting at home feeling helpless as well. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn how to write for television from Shonda Rhimes, improve your songwriting, producing skills from Alicia Keys, or learn independent filmmaking from Spike Lee. With over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. I recently checked out my friend Mark Jacobs' class, and I was blown away by the depth of knowledge and the quality of the experience learning more about how he started his business from the ground up and listening to him talk about the power of network really spoke to me and my own journey to create my business. 
because it's not necessary to sit down and consume a full class start to finish, sharing insight from individual lessons or what you were able to learn in 10 minutes is great too. I highly recommend that you check it out. Get your unlimited access to every masterclass. And as a Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored with Jason Lee listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash unlock. That's masterclass.com slash unlock for 15% off masterclass. Yeah, we yeah. have we have we're, we have fatigue. We're tired. Like to your point, there's so many stories happening simultaneously. I literally heard a story today about a, a, a 74 year old lady who's the same age as my mother. They broke her arm while visiting her house to check on her son. Like uh, imagine seeing a body cam footage of them taking a 74 year old black woman and yanking her like a rag doll and breaking her arm. Right? Like we get no grace. And this young man, Dante, died over a clerical error. They sent something, a summons, a Zoom, a Zoom summons to his house to the wrong address. And because he didn't receive it, that's why there was there was a warrant for his first arrest. It was a clerical error and it wasn't even his fault. And so, I, again, I'm going to keep on bringing this up. A white person can literally murder people and make it to the jailhouse. We can't even have an air freshener without being murdered ourselves. And that whole thing about 26 years and she couldn't tell the difference between a taser. Kim Potter, the one who was identified as the cop who killed him, she couldn't tell the difference between a neon taser and, and then a black gun, right? And in my mind... I think she did make a mistake, but I think for her, she saw him as an animal that needed to be put down. And that's what blinded her. It wasn't that she couldn't tell the difference. I think she dehumanized him. And black bodies are not humanized right now. And I'm tired of it. I am so freaking tired of this. But Blue, I want to piggyback off of what you just said, where she couldn't tell the difference, right? So this person's been in the force for 20 plus years. You couldn't tell the difference between your gun and your taser. So my question is, how many times did she pull that gun? If that's your go-to move, how many times do you go for that gun? That was her first instinct. A person that's been working on the force and also trains people. Her instinct is to go for the gun. So outside of this situation, how many times has she pulled that gun on somebody? And, you know, piggybacking... What was he doing requiring you to taste him anyway? I mean, I looked at the boy. He's a small, young guy. I don't. I didn't hear in the report that he was fighting her or trying to resist arrest. You know, the same he, with he, this army. This army lieutenant wearing the army fatigue pepper spray while sitting in his car, who handled it very, very politely. And then, and the other thing, the guy today with the white man. Like I look at us being really nice to these white people in the midst of like pure disrespect, a threat of our own safety, feeling helpless, feeling like we're getting ready to die, and 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 they still don't give these people justice that army that that army lieutenant when i tell you he handled that way better than i would have i would have died there in that situation he was perfect he was absolutely perfect he was perfect but still not enough to be treated like a human being exactly But, but jason even if we were highly disrespectful i can go on youtube right now and watch compilations of white men you know with guns knives bats no shirt no shoes screaming and i watch a police force take them down with sandbags and rubber bullets and have all types of protocol and bring them into safety so there's still no excuse even if he was the most disrespectful man on the planet he didn't do anything that caused him to lose his life he didn't swing at anyone he wasn't a man, though. That's the thing, Damage. You're talking about mm-hmm. white men being people. He wasn't a man. He was a wild monkey to them. And that's the problem. They're not seeing these people as men. And what kills me is that area is already going through so much because we just saw recently that we found out that George Floyd's um, uh, girlfriend was actually Dante's teacher. So imagine you just lost George Floyd, the love of your life, last year, and this year one of your students dies the same way. That lady is going to need a lot of therapy. A lot that community is going through a huge crisis right now, and they still don't see us as people. 
Kim Potter did not see that boy as a person, and that's why he's dead. It wasn't because she made a mistake. It's because she didn't see him as a person. What's the therapy for our culture, though? Like, think about it. What is the healing process for our culture? We've had so many decades of going all the way back to slavery, which I don't even like to go that far back, but let's go back to slavery, to the civil rights movement, to all of our experiences as Black people or people of color. What is the therapy? What is the what is the medicine for the PTSD that we go through? All people of color, when they are pulled over by the police, believe it could be their last day on earth. All of them, even me. And I don't even break the law. I had my situation. I talked about. I don't know if I talked about on the show where I was riding a Rolls Royce with my friend, and Cardi called, and we pulled over so I could finish the call. And the police drove by, and he stuck the way he stuck his head out the window was just like what they looked like back in the '60s when they were lynching black people in the South. And he did a loop and he came back and they pulled us out the car, handcuffed me, searched my stuff and wanted to know whose car it was like a black person can't have a Rolls Royce. And so what I'm saying is I feel like we nothing's going to change. And this is why I want to circle it back to why I blame you, black people. Y'all got to stop trying to be lit like these rappers focused on how many chains and bitches you can get. And you need to get your community together and become a cohesive group of people that stays on their fucking neck. My hometown right now, I had a black mayor who was a Democrat who did not serve our community. Mayor Tubbs, you bitch ass nigga. I saw what you said about me in that article too, where you said I was a disgruntled former resident. No, I'm a nigga from your community with a platform that knows that you are a coon Uncle Tom ass nigga who, who lied to our community and failed our black community. And so I went back and single-handedly helped push the Republican, the new Republican mayor, who's moderate Republican, but he's also a black man, I helped push him over the finish line to be able to get him elected so that way we can start to come together as a community. And the one thing that I like about what he said, his name is um, Kevin. What, what the mayor said was, I want one Stockton, where when you travel to the south side of town where all the black people are, it's the same as you are on the white side of town. And I want to use the resources on this side of town to help the resources on that side of town. And I want to work with you to look outside our community where we can bring resources in to help change and transform the experience of living in Stockton. That's the type of leadership that everybody around the country should be elected into office because this kid died. Let me be clear. This happened right next to where George Floyd died. So that community should be on fire until Derek Chauvin and all the other police involved are locked up. Your fire is so dim that this little nigga died. That's crazy to me. And that's why I will continue to use my platforms to continue to highlight these issues and continue to say, Sean King, you're raising all this money off the backs of our dead black brothers and sisters. Where are you spending the money? Did you not? Why not use your network to launch a GoFundMe account for this boy's family? And I'm speaking without knowing if you did it or not. I'm sick of all these online digital activists who are just putting out information to 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 uh, to gaslight our people, but then don't come through with very clear action on how to transform change. You know what I mean? And so I, I just I hope that people will just become a lot more woke and start to get more in, in, involved. I'm afraid we're becoming too predictable. I'm afraid that they learn how to outrage us. They know if we do this, they're going to do that. I feel like everything about our community is predictable. I feel like even the outrage, I feel like they know if they do certain things, how we're going to go to the streets and how they can lock us up. And I feel like we do need to come up with a better game plan and we got to bring back that sense of community because us storming the streets, we did that with George Floyd. And now we're looking at this case 
you know, I'm hoping it don't cause a mistrial. All this that's going on there while Derek Chauvin's on trial, I hope all this outrage, all this protest, it doesn't cause a mistrial with that. I'm just afraid at this point. And I feel like we do need a plan. I don't know what needs to happen, but I'm here for it. I'm here to have discussions, panels, whatever we need to be a part of, because this shit has hit the fan. I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. I know we all hate, we all collectively here can vote that we hate Donald Trump and he was a piece of shit president. We all can also say that Obama and Michelle are probably still our first lady and president in our minds. But, uh, but Joe Biden, I don't give a fuck if you're a Democrat or whatever. You did not speak out as a person who's been in the armed forces or whose son is in the armed forces. I can't remember which one, or if it's not both on the army lieutenant who was disrespected while wearing a uniform protecting the country where you are a commander in the commander in chief he if you want to run on change and transforming what politics looks like in our country you should have been the first motherfucker to get out there and say something in in detest of the behavior that you saw by those officers you should have called the governor in that state and demanded that he have the attorney general look into that. You should have called the mayor. I would have picked, if I was the president of the United States, I would have called the mayor of that city or the police chief myself. And I would have pressed him to make sure he did something. And I, and Kamala Harris, you're a black woman in the white house. If your president ain't going to say nothing, you need to get out there and you need to say how you feel about it. Being that you are in law enforcement and you know that that was shitty behavior. I'm sick and tired of us falling for this, politic bullshit and not really looking at it through clear lenses how we're all getting fucking played and while meanwhile any one of us could leave our homes today and be killed in the streets you guys i i think everything you guys have said is beautiful and i and i still at my core and maybe this is just my training none of that is going to be sustainable unless we address the mental health issue because it's been shown time and time again that activists community activists elected officials when you do not take care of your mental you literally burn out and then you can't serve anybody so while we're all going to be doing all this work if your mind is not right you can't take us any further than you've gone yourself you can't pour from an empty cup so yes be an activist be an advocate but please make sure your mind is right or none of this is going to go anywhere none of this is going to go anywhere all right, so I was recently in Miami on vacation with Floyd Mayweather, as I typically am, and uh, we went to the strip club. I saw a lot of titties. You know, it's been a long time since I've been that up close to a woman with some titties. That's right. And I remember standing there on stage with the champ, and two things was going through my mind. One, I'm standing next to some titties. The other thing was, I can't be up here and look gay, so let me throw some money and act like I'm in <laughs> What? Yeah. You were throwing money at the strippers, Jason? They knew you didn't mean it. They knew you. And first of all, don't say you haven't been near a woman with some titties, Jason. We see each other every week. Don't do that. Well, I'm saying up on me, like bare titties. Bare titties. I was was hanging, literally hanging with titties. But I'll say this. When Floyd, when they delivered the money to Floyd, there's this video I put on my Insta store where Floyd was carrying this big old thing of money. And I'm like, yo, there's a lot of ones in there. And and I didn't even know that I was going to come here today and talk about Usher having money problems at the clubs in, in Vegas. Apparently, he's going to strip clubs and he's having an issue throwing out fake money. So, he has, so there's now a stripper union investigation. <laughs> Calling Usher out for throwing fake money at a Vegas strip club called Sapphire, which I've been to. And he did this during a pandemic, specifically 120s and $5 and $1 bills with his face on it. Mm-hmm. Guys, 
I have a very different perspective on this. Very different perspective on this. Talk to all us. Of, all of my LA friends that are like influencers or mixy, I think is the word that you guys like to use. Whenever they throw a party at a strip club, they'll use real money. But as a party gift, they always have money with their face on it. I literally collect dollar bills with my friends' faces on it from all the different birthday parties. So I don't <laughs> think it's abnormal that Usher did it. It's actually a really normal mixy LA thing to do. To have real money, but also money with your face on it. I'm just saying. Well, well, I agree. But listen, my friend, his name is Stephen Bartlett. He just dropped this book right here. It's called Happy Sexy Millionaire. He just sent me this, right? Damage Blue. Listen, let me tell you something. He sent that in a box full of money with my face on it. I can't even even make this up. But listen, if I threw this money in the strip club, okay, I can't be mad if people was in there in a motherfucking pandemic trying to pay their bills and now you got to look at a dollar, $100 bill with my face on it. They didn't come to work for this bullshit, Usher. We already got over the fact that you have herpes, allegedly, and you out here- Allegedly. Leaving bumps along the way. But this is the bump in the road that I'm going to have to call you out on because there's no R&B song that's going to take us away from the idea that you let these women come and play with their puss in your face for a fake hundred dollar bill. Now, now the club did come out and say Usher spent a lot of money. He tipped a lot of girls. So he did his thing. I feel like what happened was one girl maybe wasn't aware of this happening and she was shaking a lot of ass and picking up a lot of fake Usher bills. She thought it was lit. Like, no, baby, he gave you a thousand already. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she <laughs> even talked about it. We got the post. I'm going to show you the post really quick. This is what the stripper said. Because, you know, strippers, they got a union. They talk. She said, <laughs> the money does not have trading value whatsoever. Laughing my ass up. Don't y'all think he should be blasted on social media for this? And she actually put a picture of the $100 bill with Usher's face on it. So I don't know, Usher, although I love my face on this $100 bill, if I threw this on some strippers, they'd be upset at me too. So uh, apparently he's uh, Usher has responded with a photo of him in a bucket hat made of $1 mills. And do we have, yes. do we have that? And, and it is. he just posted this. So I don't know. People are saying that it was a huge misunderstanding. The people at the club are mm-hmm. saying it's a huge misunderstanding, saying that Quote, Usher was a true gentleman and a great guest at the club. He and his crew converted thousands of real dollars to tip the girls dancing on Mm -hmm. the stage and left a generous tip for the staff. Apparently, someone in his team left some Usher dollars on the floor to promote his Vegas residency in July. I don't know. Seems a bit cheap. It sounded like a girl tried to get a little extra bonus and was pissed at. No, no. I don't even think it was extra. I think she wasn't even involved and she was being a bottom feeder and (laughs) ran in afterwards and only got the promo and not the real money. So I think she didn't even work for it personally. That's just my opinion. (laughs) A bottom feeder. (laughs) I want some of those dollar bills, Jason. My my picture is on here, but more importantly, who's cleaning up all these $100 bills? Because everybody in the studio just saw me throw all the money and they all looked at each You know how your people do a side eye? They looked at each other like, no, he didn't throw that money because I ain't cleaning that shit up. That's what they're all laughing right now. Well, I'll tell you who else That's is hilarious. for money. DJ Mustard, he is upset Ooh. because apparently his personal shopper has spent over $50,000 on herself. Uh, you know, when you have a personal shopper, they go take your credit cards. Those of you who are out there watching that don't know, they go and they personally shop for you because you don't have the time or you just don't want to be in the stores dealing with everybody spending their EDD checks and their stimulus on Gucci. So DJ Mustard recently took to his Instagram to air out the formal shopper. This is what he said. Uh, he said, well, damn, it's a lot. Basically, <laughs> he said, this cute ass girl on the left stole over a hundred thousand dollars or spent over a hundred thousand dollars. And he said that the girl 
uh, he was paying her six thousand a month, seventy two thousand dollars a year, and she messed it up. Quote for some fucking Instagram likes. Uh, now mm-hmm. he showed more receipts on the girl, and I mean, I, she looks like a cute girl that you found that you probably wanted to play around with. That you said, "Here, take my credit card and go buy me some clothes." Mm-hmm. So now, are you a personal shopper? Maybe it was a little personal than that. I don't know, but um, no, nah, no, nah, it's just this generation, Jason. I wouldn't say it's more personal than that. It's this generation. So think of this: you're getting six thousand a month. However, however, whatever amount she probably spends for mustard in them. Probably makes her six thousand looks like nothing, right? So it's all about that perception and how people use their minds. She's not even thinking about that. She's like, okay, he gives me six thousand, but I'm trying to ball out like them. I want to look like them. I want to live that lifestyle. You're not even thinking, and that's why you got to hire legit people because if you're trying to put somebody into a position, this is what they do. If you hired a real personal shopper, they would know not to pull that shit because DJ Mustard is married. His yeah. wife, I'm sure, is going through the receipts and all the little. I, uh, what the fuck is this? Did you buy this for somebody? He like, no. <laughs> I didn't buy that for nobody. So we got to figure that out. So she made a bad call right there. Bad call. And, and no disrespect, but 72K is not a lot in this area. Like, I love when he said, oh, shit, shit. She's fumbled the bag. I was going to give her 72K. For most people That's who a live lot. out dollars is no. a lot. That's a lot. Let me, let, me, let me be honest with you guys. For people who are trying to live that fast life, it's not a lot for them. People who work hard think it's a lot of money. But for the people who want to be influencers and who listen to the city girls and want to get a Birkin bag, 72K in their mind is warped. I know a lot of girls her age who do not think that's a lot of money because they haven't had to work for it. So, But you know what? You're right. I don't think she even equated what the money is over time. She's just like, exactly. oh, I'm getting this bag. But like I said, it's all perception. You want to live like the person you're shopping for. So that's why you're buying the same things you probably was buying for them. Like, oh, I want a Chanel bag too. No, baby, slow down. Save up she, for your Chanel bag. She admitted it though. I love that sis said, I'm sorry, I got greedy. Like, I love that she didn't lie. She was like, oh, yeah, no, you caught me. She did not. She, she did. did. Yeah, there's this, this a screenshot of her saying, my bad, I got greedy. She said, can we, can we hop on a call? A call Because no one else is involved. It's just me, my wrongdoings. You really ran up my car. You really crazy. So sorry. <laughs> Truly am sorry. Should have never got to this point. My temptation ran to greed. And I'm so sorry. Girl. They know all. Who told you, you your dumb ass is going to jail? What is wrong with this generation? I love that she admitted it, though. I, I love when people make mistakes and they can just eat it. Look, so I'm giving her look, points for eating my, it. My temptation got out of control. Bitch, I will pull up at your house. <laughs> I would take your wigs and I would go sell them on Slauson. I would everything about your life. <laughs> I would. You would have to put your ovaries on the market for me. You would have to pop out and sell babies to catch up. If you do two babies, if, you're, if you could produce two kids as a surrogate, you could probably pay me my money back. I can't believe she texted mm-hmm. me. She was like, my bad, I, mean, she, I did it. She had to because if she didn't and it's proof, who knows the reaction? First of all, it's probably not even a money for mustard. It's the fact that you feel violated. Somebody took your car and just did whatever with it. She probably was buying friends shit with it. Like, oh, you get a bag. You get a bag. Hell no, give me my money back. And she can't pay it back. So it's like, what do you do? All you can do is blast her. You can't get it back. But you know, the scary- I love the accountability, sis. I love the accountability. The scary part is not really realizing the type of people that you have around you. Because right. while she was doing all the shopping and running up his credit cards over probably a period of time, he was probably still treating her like a friend and family person while she was sitting there taking advantage of I can tell you one person that I don't really watch in my company that I probably need to, and now after this, after this, I'm going to go back and like, 
is my accountant. That's one person that I don't check hmm. every month. Jason. I should be going. I should be going through every single charge in my account. Now, yeah, like, yeah. Let's stop talking because he might watch the show. Yeah, I'm let's like, stop. <laughs> don't don't piss him off. Because after <laughs> after our Fat Joe interview, I thought you'd be on top of that. Boy, let me tell you something. If I 